Alright guys, welcome back to the JV team. I'm Carter Vaughn along with Matt Morrison and Jackson Ryan. Today we have a special treat. We have former TCU running back and LA Rams running back Aaron Green. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the show. What's going on, man? Thank you guys for having me. It's an honor to be here to share this platform with you guys. So our first question is, you were a five-star recruit coming out of high school in San Antonio. You signed with Nebraska. Before transferring, transferring to TCU, what advice would you give kids that are, you know, going through that recruiting process? And also, how did you end up at TCU? Ooh, great question, man. Okay, so, you, okay, so how did I, so the process of transferring, you, I'm, I'm guessing you're asking? Or? Yeah, so go, th- like, explain to us the process of, like, how you were being recruited to Nebraska um, and explain to, like, what would you tell kids going through the recruiting process now that are in high school and then how did you end up at TCU? What brought you to TCU? Okay, yeah, um, the, the recruiting process was very, very hectic. Um, you know, you're highly recruited. Or so if you just have more than five schools that want you, you know, hmm. you've got the different platforms such as Rivals and, and, and um, Scout.com. Uh, they probably got something else now. But, um, hmm. you know, those scouts were pretty much calling every other day trying to see if they can get – um, any insight of who's leading now or did somebody else fall out of your top or, you know, that's a lot for a 17-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to uh, not only find out who you are as a person, but you're also trying to make these grown adults, um, you know, happy. You know, you don't want to disappoint somebody when you got, you know, the Nebraskas and the, you know, the TCUs and the, you know, when – um. I don't know, Alabama Tech State calls, you know, it's like, you know, you don't want to disappoint nobody, but, right. um, you know, it is what it is. It, it, it was a very, um, it was a very neat uh, process to say the least, um, to feel wanted in such a way. Uh, and then what I will also say is being in high school, a lot of times you don't really know what you, you want going into college or because let's be real you're making an adult decision right Mm -hmm. so how can you ask a 17 18 year old to make a decision that might impact the the next 40 years of their life you know and so I think that to keep in mind that you're not the person you're not going to be the person in five years that you are when you're 18 and 17 and I think a lot of kids have to realize that when it comes to picking a school. Um, I was also, I was always told to, when you're going to a school to, if, if football doesn't work out, will you be happy there? You know? And I don't really think that I took that into an account when I went, when I went up north, (laughs) but you know, it was, it was a learning experience. And I, I feel like it was something that I needed to go through 
to to become the person that I am today, but also to end up in that, in that purple, black, and white man. Mm-hmm. That was sweetest, 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 sweetest years of my life, man. And um, I, I don't I, I don't know if I would have ended up there had I you know gone another route. So, kind of following up on that question, Aaron, what was the best recruiting trip you ever took? And also describe that first visit to TCU. Ooh, okay. My first, probably the best visit I ever had, had to be Florida State. <laughs> um, I went to Florida State, and they were playing BYU. They were playing ben Brigham Young. Um, got to, you know, just go out to eat at crazy restaurants and um, go out to, to the movies the night before the game with the team. It was dope, man. We actually went to go see um, – the town. Have any of y'all seen the town? Mm-mm. The movie that came out in I oh shoot, that's like 2010. It was my my junior year. It came out, mm-hmm. but it's a really good movie. But that's actually the movie that we went to go see. And I had a hell of a time out there in Tallahassee. Um, mm-hmm. The clubs were lit. Was popping. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just it was just a fun experience, man. I think it was an experience that I wasn't quite ready for when it comes to where I was in my life and just what, what I saw was important and mm-hmm. what I saw was important when it came to choosing a school, because if I can do it all over again, I tell you what, Florida state definitely should have got a, cl- a, a more closer look for me, mm-hmm. knowing what I know now, but you mm-hmm. know, they always say hindsight is 2020, right? right? So you see everything clearly once you've been through it already. So, you know, but Florida state was, 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 was cool. Um, I actually would have won a, na- a national championship had I went, even though we should have won one in twenty. 20- yeah, yeah, I was about to say <laughs> in twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. but you know, that's neither here nor there. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, man. And so my visit to TCU, it was kind of different because I still remember the very first day—well, not the very first day, but the the moment in time when I was in my 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 dorm room at, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And it dawned on me like I, I'm not I'm not gonna be here next year. Like it, you know, it is what it is. And I had my mind made up. And this was, I want to say, I want to say it was still it was like during the fall. It was still during football season. I, I I just wasn't feeling it. It just wasn't me. And then of course you go through a Nebraska winter, being a Texas boy, man. You know it, yeah. it, it got it got ugly real fast, man. So um, I actually. One of the one of one of my t- one of my teammates at TCU, Kobe Griffin, um, played corner and safety. We actually went to the the All American um, Combine our junior year together. So that's how I knew who he was. I saw him on Facebook. I didn't really know what college he went to. I saw him on Facebook. He had his TCU jersey on. I'm like, man, you know, I'm transferring. I ain't, I I haven't even thought about TCU because TCU actually didn't even re- recruit me out of high school, and so. I hit him up and asked him how he liked TCU and Fort Worth, and he loved it. I was like, man, you know, I'm looking for a new home. You know, see what you can do for me. Hit up Coach Anderson, and that was pretty much all she wrote, man. It was very, very smooth. It was, it was, it was almost like it was meant to be, you know. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And, and Aaron, that's, that's really how it went, man. I came on my visit there. I really didn't do much, to be honest with you. It wasn't like a, a, a party um, you know, crazy type of, um, 
atmosphere. Like, yeah, that you know, they took me to parties and stuff, but just connecting with the guys, man. Like, mm-hmm. I think uh, Kobe was my my host, but I spent more time with BJ Catalan. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's you know, it's been my best friend since since day one, stepping on campus. You know, BJ and you know Deontay Gray and Josh mm-hmm. Dobson. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it, it, it's it's a crazy feel, man. And it, it was just something where I was like, yeah, th- this is where I'm gonna be. And mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even take any other visits um, after that, so it, it, it was it was pretty straight to the point, pretty simple. It really felt like a family, no doubt, no doubt. Not only just the players, but just the atmosphere of the town, the campus. Mm-hmm. It's so small, you know. You know everybody. Right. It's a short walk from this class to this class. Like, man, mm-hmm. I've been on a campus where it's thirty thousand plus students. It's hey, mm-hmm. not all what it seems. Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what was it like to play for Coach Patterson and how difficult was that? Man, playing for Coach Patterson, bro, it was truly it was truly challenging, truly an honor though to play for um, you know, a legend. Not too not too often do you get to play for a coach that's been in a program for 20 plus years or right even 10 plus years, man, nowadays, you know, they're getting coaches out, uh, you know, they're getting them in and out, you know, two years, a bad year, you're gone. You know, look at Texas. They probably had a, a new coach, mm-hmm. five coaches in a span of 10 years. So, you know, to play for a guy like Gary Patterson, who's a freaking football nut, man, he'll tell you he's a football nut. Like he's um, just, you know, drinks and eats football, um, very, very passionate um, you know, say says things that he doesn't mean sometimes, but you know, it, it's all out of love, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one thing that you can't say is that you know he he doesn't care. So, man, I, I rock with Coach P, man. I, I freak with Coach P hard, man. I talked to him just a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. You know, always looking out for his guys, man. Anything you ever need, the door is always open. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of. You know, going off what Jackson said, how did he prepare you for life after football? Like, how did that program kind of help you out in that way? Yeah, bro. Let me tell you this. Coach Patterson, I've never heard of any coach preach to his kids about what's going to happen next. You know, what what are you going to do next? And he would bring up countless and countless of examples of people who went on to start their business you know, to start a business and now they're making this amount of, mon- uh, amount of money. And he always, you know, brought it to your attention that, you know, you're either going to be working for somebody or somebody's going to be working for you. And that always stuck to me, you know, um, as a young uh, entrepreneur myself, it's, you know, it, 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 it dawns on you, you know, because that, that, that's, 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 that's deep right there, man. Cause, you know, a lot of people, um, Go go to college and they expect to to go to the league, get drafted number one. And I tell you what, it, it just don't happen like that. You know, one percent of the people who ever play football get a chance to step foot in a, in an NFL locker room. You know, and so just that being being prepared and having that mindset of you know even outside of this field, you got to go be a go getter. You know what I'm saying? And understanding that that ball 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 is going to end at some point. And 
also it, it's also was just cool to just see so many examples of how, what different frogs were doing outside of ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Brian Bronner, you know, he got a business. Tank Carter, he got a business. You know, it, it, the list goes on, bro. And it's just like, bro, this all this damn hard work we done did, like it's it's ingrained in us, you know, to 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 go out and go get it when you're done, man, in, in different aspects of life. So definitely appreciate Coach P from that aspect for sure, no doubt. Uh, I have to ask, what was the toughest um, Big 12 stadium to play in as far as fan atmosphere? Ooh. Damn, bro, that's a good one. Um, we played in some good stadiums. I'll tell you what, the loudest stadium that I've ever been in, and I done played in the big house in Michigan. I think that's the biggest stadium in the, in the country, in North America. Um, I done played, you know, Texas, that's over 100,000. But I think the loudest that I've ever been in was that 2014 Baylor game when they started to come back. Oh, down yeah, 21, yeah. that literally you cannot hear the next person on the sideline. You cannot mm-hmm. hear them talking to you. And that was wild because you can kind of feel when the game kind of got out of control, you know, once they got it down to – so, okay, we was up 21 in the fourth, and I think they got it where we went down. We was up 14 at one point, and I think we went three and out. And I think at that point it was like, oh, boy, like this, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's trouble. And literally everything that they did, it was just got louder and louder and louder. And that that was an incredible atmosphere, to say the least. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll tell you a little story. So, obviously, I'm a diehard TCU fan. Mm-hmm. And um, I was – you know, I was – half of my family went to Ole Miss. And so yeah. we're going to ask you about that game oh, yeah. later on in the show. I'm, I'm sure you have stuff to say about that game. Uh, but – I was in the, I was at, actually at the A&M Ole Miss game. And so, you know, y'all were in the playoff contention and Ole Miss was kind of right there too. You know, they were top 25 mm-hmm. and actually A&M's quarterback was Kenny Trill, Kenny Hill. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I was in their student center watching that game. And of course, none of the Aggies like the frogs. Oh yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> and so I had, I had my TCU hat on and I was just sitting there and I was like, Oh no. Yeah. And I, I got a lot of grief for that, and um, I can't imagine what y'all went through um, for that for that game. Um, but you know, you kind of touched on that 2014 season. What there was many memories, but what was it like playing in the Carter for that K State game? Ooh, K State. Let me remember. Let me. Remember. Oh, that was the blackout game. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, black. That was actually my first career start, bro. Mm-hmm. That was my first career start in college. That was that was it was it was it was, it was bittersweet, man. Because yeah, I got to start, but the reason why I had I had to start was you know was heartbreaking in itself. You know, when one of your best friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, goes down with the injury like that, especially to the head, it's it's tough, man. <laughs> you know, it's tough to see. You know, because. You know, we we didn't we came in together. I'm a, I'm class of 2011, but the 2012 boys, them my boys because we came we were, we were pretty much were freshmen together. So I came in with them. We got did all our classes together, all of that. So it it, it was different, man. And I, honestly, I didn't 
even know that I was going to start until Tuesday. It was Tuesday that week because we don't practice on Monday. And we came in there, and of course, you know, the backs is me, Travoris, Kyle Hicks, uh, Colton, who else? And, you know, BJ's supposed to be there, and he wasn't in there. And, you know, Coach came in and, was, you know, told us, you know, BJ's going to be down this week. And, you know, he just told me, you know, you you up. Like, you, you know, you're, you're starting this week. And, you know, it wasn't really no pressure. It was just, you know, whatever. Like, you know, I'm going to start this week. But – I don't know. It was weird, bro, because it. I would be lying to you if I told you um, I didn't know I was going to go off. Bro, I knew I was about to go to f- off that game. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just it, it was just something that you feel, you know, um, it wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm I should have been starting or mm-hmm. it wasn't none of that. It was just, bro, this is it's over, you know, and, um, you know, I, I prepared well that week. And it was just a calm, uh, it was a calm confidence. You just felt good. You know, it was oozing. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I'm going to get off. And, you know, I had, a, I had a really good game, man, and just never really looked back from there. How was that? Describe that atmosphere. Because I was at that game, and I've yeah. never seen an atmosphere like that in the Carter in my lifetime. Dope, man. You know we had to come out with the all-black chrome mm-hmm. purple helmets. You know, whenever we were the all black, you know, you mean we mean business, and then of course everybody in the in the, in the audience was had all black. It was, it was a, a great atmosphere. I think it was number six versus number seven too. Mm-hmm. It was a really really good game. Oh, uh, Kansas State had one of the top ranked defenses, so that's always a challenge for mm-hmm. you know the running back and our what we had. Um, but it was just awesome, bro, just to get out there, run around, um, you know, make plays with your team. Get the crowd off their feet, make some pretty electric plays. Um, it, it was incredible, man. It, it, it's 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 one of those nights that you just live for and dream about as a as a kid. Yeah, these two give me a hard time about how I'm a fan of the Evil Empire here in Texas. Uh, I'm a UT fan, but okay. I've been raised I've been, I've been raised uh, brainwashed. But what was yeah. your kind of favorite memory against the Horns? Because I know y'all have a lot of them in recent history. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, y'all have a lot to choose from, right? Well, so see, Austin, like I, I can get to UT Stadium in maybe less than an hour from my house. You know, like I'm, I'm literally right down the street. So, um, outside the Alamo Bowl or the Alamo Dome, that's that's a home game for me. And so right. to go down there, and then that was a Thanksgiving game. Or I'm okay. I'm speaking of my junior year, which is my favorite experience playing Texas. Um, I actually got to go to Austin, play the game, and then Coach even told us before the game that, um, you know, it's Thanksgiving that you can go home with your parents. So I didn't have to get on the bus to come back to Fort Worth. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, this finna be fun, man. We finna <laughs> put their ass, and then I'm finna go home. So they running back was Malcolm Brown. Yeah. And that's one of my best friends, bro. Like we grew up together, running summer tracks in sixth grade together, bro. From, so some from steel. Yeah, from Cibolo Steel, bro. So I'm like, man, me and Malk talking all week. I'm like, bro, well, whatever. After the game, I'm, we, I'm just gonna crash at your place. And so it was fun, man. We got a big win. Um 48 to 10. Yeah. 48-10. Thank <laughs> I think that was yes, sure. night. Uh from there. Um, 
from there went to Mount's, went went to hit Sixth Street. Man, it was it was beautiful, man. We went on Sixth Street. We saw frogs everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was just awesome, man. It was it was a it was a crazy experience. Crazy crazy experience. So I have to ask, what was it like? You know, y'all were on that, y'all were riding high and everything. What was it like having the media? You know, the media usually doesn't focus on TCU, even when we're good. You know, I mean, obviously, look at the playoff committee thing, but we'll go there later. Uh, yeah. But what was it like? You know, having to focus with you know ESPN now looking at the frogs, and then you have the ba- whole Baylor sixty-one fifty-eight thing. What was it like? You know, playing and having to block all that out. It wasn't hard at all. Um, it really just wasn't, man. We, I don't think people understand how special of a group we had, bro. Like that was incredible. Like the people that we had, of course, phenomenal players, phenomenal coaching staff, but the character that we had, you never had to worry about us being we were going to play the same whether we play Iowa State or we play Baylor. Like, we was going to come out, we was going to handle our business, and you was going to feel us, bro. You, you had no choice. Like, our offense, it was going to be a track meet. We was going to be fast. Mm-hmm. We was going to put up points fast. And then we had people that were freaking like Flash with cleats on. You know, you had the Deontay Grays, the Kobe Listenbees out there, the Ty Slanina, like – <laughs> Bro, we had people that were so fast, and it was just like we're gonna come out here and we're just gonna win. Like we we practiced very hard, and you know, just knowing Coach P, like bro, there is no slacking off or <laughs> uh, taking an opponent lightly or anything like that. We prepare the same every week, and then when you have guys like Boykin, who's your leader, who is all freaking universe, it's. You know, it, it don't matter who you line up against. If, you know, you tie your shoes, we ready to go. You know, you talk about, real quick, Carter, if you don't mind. You yeah, know, go ahead. How electric your offense was. I remember that. It was, it was no, you couldn't really be stopped. I mean, you put up 42, I remember, on Ole Miss. Because, you know, I, I was obviously like rooting against half time, you. Think. Yeah, at halftime, you Yeah, at halftime. Yeah, halftime. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was rooting for y'all so hard because any I'll, I'll always root for any Texas team, but, you know, when they're especially when they're playing the SEC. But um, you know, TCU's kind of been struggling on offense the last couple of years. What I mean, just looking back, what do you think they have to do to kind of get back to the, like the explosiveness that you experienced when you were there? Well, bro, I think I think it, it all starts with with personnel, and yeah. personnel is just recruiting. Yeah. It's- you got to recruit. You got to recruit. And I don't think that these last couple of years we have gotten the recruits that we needed to get back to that place. Um, just think about it, man. Like, TCU, when is, when is the next time TCU will ever see a quarterback like Trayvon Boykin? Yeah. Maybe never. I, maybe never. Mm-hmm. I've been around football my whole life. You know, my uncle played nine years in the league, seven years all pro. I Everybody in my in my family went D one before me. I'm the baby, so I done, I've done seen football for a long time, bro. And believe me when I say Trayvon Boykin is literally probably top three best football players I've ever seen with my own eyes, ever. Like, bro, I don't think people, <laughs> I don't think people understand that this fool was playing running back and receiver. Yeah. Like my red shirt year, mm-hmm. this dude was taking running back reps before me. I wasn't playing. 
So before we was going to Iowa State when Casey Paul Hall got in trouble, Trey was about to be the starting running back. So he literally went the whole week practicing running running back. I'm talking about even inside run drill when it's just nine on seven, where it's just no receivers, it's just middle middle running, running up the middle. He was at running back, bro. And so, and then I think Casey got in trouble on Thursday, and then they threw the Trey play. He threw two picks because he didn't practice at quarterback all week. And then the next week, that's when he took off. But just I'm saying all that to say that, man, it's it's all personnel. Like you can have the best coaching, you can have you know the best system, but if you don't, at the end of the day, um, you know the players win the game. Right. You, you got to have the players to go do it. And I'm not even saying that you got to get five-star recruits because look at this. Boykin was what? Two-star? Three or two or three. Doxon was what? None. He was, he was a walk-on, star. right? He was a walk-on. Yeah. Uh, Liston B was like two-star, three-star. Mm-hmm. Gray was a two-star, three. <laughs> Nobody knew about these people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, Paul Dawson, All-American. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew about him. He was a receiver at Skyline High School. Ty Summers. Yeah, Ty Summers was a quarterback. He was in my district in San Antonio. So <laughs> it, 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 it's all personnel, man. It's all personnel. And once you get a special group of people that come in and everybody buys in, the sky's the limit. But, yeah. you know, it starts with quarterback play. Would you also say it's also a mindset and not just ability? Like you, you got to get the right guys that are mentally there and want to be there and, you know, have the working attitude and not like the hot shot man- mentality. Absolutely. Football, football, I would say, I would say football is, I'm tempted to say 90%, but football is probably like 80% uh, um, mental. It's all mental. Mm-hmm. It's mental and then maybe 20% physical. Um, because, I mean, you see it all the time, right? Talent doesn't always win. Right. Right. It's usually it's usually the people that are together that stick together when 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 shit gets rough. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're down ten to zero or thirteen to zero against a oh and thirteen Kansas and it's snowing outside and there's nobody in the stands. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. You know, you can either fold, you can oh shit is cold, or whatever. We built for this, you know, we're not losing this year. You know, it, it's 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 different, man. Every group is different, and every every group of leaders are different as well. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. It, it, it's mental, man. It, it, a lot of it is mental. So you were kind of talking about you know the mentality of you know when things aren't going good. Kind of run through that 2014 Baylor game because you know I'm asking this as a TCU fan. What like what happened? What do you think happened towards the end of that game and caused that collapse? Man. Honestly, I think offense has something to, to, to blame for it. Like, we score too fast. Like, we, we score fast, and Baylor scores fast too. But mm-hmm. Baylor scores – they score differently. Like, Baylor, Baylor's going to throw 50 verticals in a game, you know. And That's if they, they, they land five of them, they're probably going to win. You know, that's all they need is five verticals. And so I think towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, when if we weren't scoring or we were scoring too quick, Baylor can score off of two, three-play drives. Mm-hmm. And I think it got to a point where our defense was just gas, man. I remember there was a play where they gave Shaka Linwood the ball up the middle, and this dude broke like 
10, 15 tackles. And I'm like, oh, my God, like we're, we're going to lose this game. Because if we're playing like that, they got the fans behind them. I was like, yeah, it's going to be hard. But it got to a point where I just think we were tired, man. And I think that we could have done a better job with controlling the clock and running the ball more. Um, I, I think BJ maybe had 10 carries, maybe. I had three carries for 60-something yards. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just feel like if we controlled the clock a little bit better, especially in the fourth quarter and get first yeah. downs, game's over, man. So, I will say, <clears throat> this is personal, but uh, – and Jackson knows where I'm going with this. I think Dotson was held on that fourth down call. Yeah, fourth and long. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so too, but you're not gonna get that call. Not there. You're not gonna get it there or probably mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you you a ref is not gonna. Uh, you don't want the ref to be the deciding factor of the game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like don't <laughs> don't call a foul and send somebody to the free throw line to finish the game. You know what I'm saying? You can see somebody get tackled shooting the three at the buzzer, and they're not gonna call a foul. So mm-hmm. I just think it was kind of one of those situations where you know the ref. You know they they not they not they wasn't finna dictate that game and just like you said not at, not at, not in Waco no yeah. So. yeah yeah and Aaron at the end of that season after the Iowa State game where were y'all for the selection show and how disappointing and frustrating was it to go from three to six after winning by about fifty against Iowa State oh man that day man. I- that day was crazy. Uh, well, I'll say that morning because that's when the, the rankings came out. But um, it was just crazy, man. Um, I think everybody kind of had their own individual, like, watch party. Mm-hmm. And me, I kind of just want to be alone. I, I can't watch it with nobody. I'm just too nervous. And, you know, they take forever doing the countdown. And here, here you know, they take like 10 minutes. It's like, damn, show us already. Um but then I think – I forgot when they did. I think the fourth – I knew once we weren't the third team that we weren't going to get in. Um, and I think they showed the third team as being Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State snuck in because they beat – they had like a big game with Cardell. I remember that because yeah, they were they, talking um, about that. They won their conference championship. Yeah. They won their conference championship, and that's what got them in. Um, and they were hot. Don't get me wrong. They were they were they were a, a really nice team, but we would have stacked up against anybody. Nobody was running on us all year, so I think we would have did great with Zeke. That, that they would have ran right into what we needed. What we didn't want was a team that can go vertical on us like Baylor. But if you were going to run, we wanted that. Like when we played Minnesota, mm-hmm. we, we knew that they were going to run the ball. It was like yes, 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 yes. Like. We about to run these boys off this field, but um, just to answer your question, man, it was it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking too to put in that much work. And I've never been on a team that was that good, you know. Um, uh, yeah, man, you know, watching watching the TV show with roses in your mouth and rose, you know, everybody got roses. We thinking we're going to the Rose Bowl because I think three and. Mm-hmm. Three, whoever three plays was playing in 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 in, uh, in Pasadena. So I'm like, I mean, I, dang, my bad. Excuse my language. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I'm like, damn, man. Like, I've always wanted to play in the Rose Bowl. So it was just everybody was so excited. Like, we every we got group chats. 
going back and forth, and then it's just like, damn. Yeah. So it was tough, man, but I'll tell you what, that Peach Bowl, that's probably one of the best games you can play in outside of New Year's Six because that was so fun. So what was y'all's motivation factor going into the Ole Miss game, and how much did y'all want to dominate the show that y'all were the best team in the country? And see, and that's what I'm saying. Like, for most people – or a lot of people, they would have tucked their tucked their tail between their legs. Oh, we didn't get our way. Like, let, you know, let's pack it up for the season. I don't like what Baylor did. Yeah. They – oh, yeah. Oh, they were up 21 against Michigan State and lost. I remember that. Yeah. Um, Kicker got blown up. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. But, um, honestly, it's crazy because we really did not have to say anything. That's what I – this is what I mean about a special team in a special group. It's not, it, was, it was no rah-rah moment like, oh, guys, they they didn't put us in. They disrespected us. Let's go. It, it was none of that, bro. It was just we didn't get in. We're 12-1 and one or 11-1. and one. We got a damn good game, you know. We're playing against the number one defense in the country. It's still a lot to prove, you know. <laughs> Um, so we were, we were excited, man. We, we worked our asses off going, um, just leading up into, uh, going to Atlanta and just, you know, inside bowl practices are some of the most boringest practices ever, 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 because it's literally a ghost town on campus. You're literally the only people on campus is just football players. Everybody goes home for school. I mean, for, for winter break. And you have to stay because the game play. I mean, the game is in January. Yeah, January. So you're literally on campus for a whole month by yourself. And it's just boring. It's just school. I mean, it's just football back to the dorm. You don't see anybody. So it's literally all you have to do is just to grind. You go to the bar, ain't nobody going to be there. So it's literally just football and that's it, you know. And so we really just grinded it out. Went to Atlanta and we took care of business. I, I have one more question for you, and then I'll give it back to Carter. But uh, you know, on that, you know, you obviously have the big the credit for the big catch there in Lubbock uh, on that one, uh, and when y'all were down, like, what was it fifty two forty eight something like that? Carter, it was a two point conversion. There's a two, yeah. And uh, you know, what were you, you know, what was it like to obviously catch that that? make that grab that sent you kept TCU undefeated at the time and, you know, got y'all past Patrick Mahomes. Um, it was lit, bro. It was, <laughs> it, was lit. it was lit. Um, as you know, you know, the ball was going to dock. I think everybody in the state mm-hmm. was going to dock. And the funny thing is he was open. <laughs> he was open. And, um, you know, it doesn't happen often, but Trey actually threw him a bad ball. It was really, really high, which is nothing really seems too high for Doc because he can, he can, man. But, uh, yeah, it was high. And I think I had like a, a, I had like a little shallow slant. And my rant, my route was just more of a decoy to open up because I think I had little Dez inside of me. And then I had, <laughs> Somebody else outside of me. That's another thing. We played with, like, almost all freshman receiver out there. For that game and the Al- Alamo Bowl, we played with nothing but freshman receivers and still. <laughs> but um, but anyways, yeah, man, he threw it too high, and I ran a slant. And, of course, I didn't get the ball. And so I just kind of just kept drifting over, just drifting. 
and I just saw from the from the moment that the ball um, left Trey's Trey's fingers that it was too high, and then you can just kind of kind of gauge where you know the the velocity and the force of the ball is going to end up, you know, and. I just kind of got lucky, you know, it, it it was too high and luckily it tipped behind him and, you know, he had two players on his back. So that left nobody else for the, you know, and I just ran, came running in and caught the ball, got my right foot down. It was my right foot down and it was history, bro. It was, it was, it was crazy. We had a lot of roller coasters that, that year. Um, that game, it was very emotional. Um, because I think that got us to seven and zero, I think, or five and zero, something like that. But then we had another nail biter in Kansas State, where we had to come back from down. I think down seventeen. We came back. We came back seventeen, bro. And Kansas State is not an easy place to play, you know. And so it is crazy. I think we won that game in the last two minutes. So really, every game was. Like, whoa, you know, it, it was crazy. But to answer your question, that Texas Tech grab was, oh, you know what? I got something for you. Got it right here. Yes. Oh, you got the frame picture. Yes, sir. I got to get it framed, man. I did a little signing with me and Josh, and they sent us home with one of these. But, but yeah, man, one. this is definitely a play that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Um it was awesome, man. It was, it, was, it, was, it was awesome, to say the least. What was y'all's, like, attitude going into that 2015 season after the Peach Bowl? Um, championship or bust. It was, it was championship, bro. It was, it was the only thing on our mind. And, of course, we still had the same mindset, like, yeah, one game at a time, one game mm-hmm. at a time. And I think we came out preseason number two behind mm-hmm. Ohio State, and we, we were like – we were like in front, on front of ESPN magazines now. I mean, we, we was doing photo shoots, me, Trey, and Josh. And it was like, oh, they want to take photos of us now, you know? And, you know, but it was it was the same old same, man. We were just winning. We were winning. Like, we, we realized that it was going to be harder than the year before that first game when we went up to Minnesota. And, yeah, we beat them, man, but it – we uh, it was ugly. I I had a fumble. We I don't even know how many points we we put up, but it wasn't a lot. It was sloppy. It, I just think even with play calling, I just think we were doing too much. Like we were trying to prove, like, okay, we're we're back. We're number one. We're number two. You know, it it's just too much, man. And I think after that, we kind of settled down a little bit. Um, I think we played Stephen F. Austin the next week. All right. were out by halftime. Y'all uh, rolled over Texas like 50 to 7. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. I remember that. And that's when Turpin, that man, went off. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Freshman, five touchdowns. Goodness. But, um, yeah, man, it was crazy. It was crazy. But that that mindset was really the same, but things just got that much harder. It definitely got that much harder. You, you can definitely sense that that excitement going into a place and everybody's like, oh, TCU's in town. Like you felt that. And it was just like, damn, yeah, you damn right, TCU's in town. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're you you're like growing up for me, I was okay, I was a USC fan, right? Reggie Bush all the way, playing running back, all that. 
And so I know how it feels or how people perceive those type of teams when they, when they, you know, came anywhere near you. If USC came to town, like, oh, Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush are in town or Vince Young and Jordan Ship, uh, uh, Jordan Shipley is in town. Like, you know, and to be one of those teams where you went somewhere and you knew that it was going to sell out because you were there, that's a crazy feeling, you know? And so because I've been I've been on teams where <laughs> I've been on teams at TCU where I knew going into a home game nobody was gonna be in the stands because we sucked that bad. So, you know, just to have that flip around because people forget before we had those two those two years of, of dominance, bro, we went four and eight. Yeah. And one of those wins were against mm-hmm. Southeast Louisiana. Mm-hmm. One double A. And then we barely squeaked by SMU. So we really almost won on the 2K. So, you know, to turn around and be one of those teams that everybody is gunning for, hey, it, it, was, it was a great feeling. Kind of. So, you know, the end of that year, 2015, y'all were supposed to go to, you know, the playoff and everything. But, you know, Trayvon got hurt, obviously. And <clears throat> how was the react? Like, what was – was it hard to get up for the Alamo Bowl? I know it wasn't for you because obviously that was your hometown. But like, what was the mood after you know Trayvon went down and y'all lost to Oklahoma State and I think y'all lost to OU if I if I remember right. Almost Ram almost you know beat them. Had we had beat OU, we probably would have got into the playoffs again. Yeah. We we would have beat uh, we we went if we would have kicked the field goal we would have went to overtime. Um, and we would have had a chance. We had a chance. We lost by two. It was 29-31. We beat OU. We beat Baylor the next week. We were, we were in. We were seven, I think, at the, at the time or something like that. But um, to the Alamo Bowl, man, it was, it was weird, man, because for like we, we went into OU without Borkin and Doxon. So it was the same. And, and Listenby. Well, Listenby played against OU. But against the in the Alamo Bowl, he couldn't play because he still had a sports hernia. So we we're out, we're out Doc, we're out Listenby, and we're out um, you know, Trey. So like I said earlier, we're out there four wide and all of them are freshmen. I'm like, bro, who am I out here with? Like I'm out here with a bunch of babies. So it, it was just crazy, but still we were excited, man. And to be honest with you, that was the most fun I've I've had at a bowl game. And I'm not playing anymore, so I can say this. And I'm not in college no more, so I can say this. Bro, when I tell you we were going crazy every single night in the bars, we were going crazy, bro. It got to a point. It got to a point where I sat, I sat down and I asked myself, I was like, or I reminded myself, I was like, damn, bro, like we actually playing a football game in a couple of days. Yeah, like it, it was to a point where I forgot we forgot that we were there to play football. That's how much fun we were having, bro. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to say too much, but man, I understand we had way too much to drink, man. I'm not <laughs> we wrestling with each other in the streets, and we, we had it was so much fun, man. And honestly, that's low key why we was getting our ass whooped like that. That yeah. first half. like it, it, it was to a point where we like it happened so fast. Like we were down thirty-one to zero at halftime, 
and it, it was to a point to where you're looking at each other and it was just like, bro, what the hell is happening? You know, and us seniors, it's just like, well, I mean, I guess it's time to start getting ready for, you know, the pros and pro day and combine. But, you know, it, we had another, another, you know, another push in us and we did it and we, you know, we came out on top, you know, and that, that was another nail bite and a crazy experience to say the least, you know, we, we were a part of so many crazy experiences, but yeah, man, that Alamo Bowl was, was incredible. I've often wondered, do y'all get like rings for the, like the Alamo Bowl or is it just like the, the bigger bowls? The... Yeah. Well, yeah, you get, you get a ring for every bowl game you go to. Yeah. Okay. Every bowl game, whether it's Alamo Bowl, Texas Bowl, uh, Motor City Bowl, it don't matter. You'll, you'll yeah. get one. You'll right. get one. And what's what? cool about, um, you know, the ring is, um, especially the junior, the Peach Bowl, when, you know, it got the Big 12 champs on it. So, yeah. you know, that's something you, you keep forever. Like, man, I was a Big 12 champion. You know, not, not too many people can say that. So. Um, what do you think was the turning point in that Alamo Bowl where y'all were like, y'all just flipped the switch? Like, what, what caused that comeback? The um, uh the the field goal before half, really easy. Once we made that field goal, it's like all right, it's over, mm-hmm. it's over. Like we got him, and um, it was just like that. And then we went down. I don't think we scored the first drive, but we scored pretty quick. And then we stopped them, or was it a turnover? Once we got it in, but like between, it was like maybe twenty. Like, 21, 17, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. We 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 had them and we knew it. We knew it. And um I think that was the turning point. I just think we needed some kind of momentum going into half. And that that field goal was all we needed. Is well, I think that made us go down 28. That's a four 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 uh possession game. Easy. Easy. So So I gotta ask, and I know Jackson wants to know this too. Was there beef between y'all and Baylor in 2014-2015? Was that was the rivalry real or was that all created by the media? Absolutely, bro. We couldn't stand them, man. They couldn't stand us. And you know, that's just how a rivalry is supposed to be. Um bro, I we could not stand Baylor, bro. Could not stand them. Stand them, stand them, stand them. And I know they couldn't stand us either. And you know, it of course, like the players, just like oh, you know, I'm better than him over there. Or, I'm better. They're not even that good, or all they do is throw verticals. Or mm-hmm. it's the same with the head coaches, man. Art Bryles and, and and Gary Patterson, they didn't like each other. They were <laughs> they were getting at each other almost every week in the in the press. You know, somebody somebody said this, and then Coach Patterson says this. Man, we didn't play Baylor till the last regular season game of our junior year coach p was talking about baylor week three i'm talking about bringing up art bryles the stuff that didn't even have nothing to do with what we were talking about it's just like bro why did you bring him up like we're talking about you know outside zone or something like that like why are you talking about Art bryles right now but coach p he didn't freak with him bro he he, he really did not he did he really did not like art bryles and i think it was a competition of the small schools becoming the best teams in the country, bro, because we were both at the top, you know? And so, you know, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't enough space for the both of us. Somebody had to leave and, you know, we didn't like them. They didn't like us. 
So going into that 2015 game, what was that oh, week of practice? I got to go back. You know, the just the petty stuff that they did, man. Okay, so we lost to them 61-58 June <sighs> Then when they took their football pictures the following year, they put mm-hmm. number 61 and number 58 right next to each other on the front row. So it, it was just little petty stuff like that that we did going back and forth. It was just like, yeah, bro, we're not losing to them. How was that week of practice leading up to that game? Um, I'm going to be real with you, bro. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember what practice was like going, going into that game. Um, but I do know that it was cold as that game. And I was oh, yeah. a month after that game. I do remember that. Cause it was like 30 degrees and it was raining nonstop that whole game. Um, you know, I honestly, in hindsight, I wish we had better weather. Um, because that game that had potential to be, it was a really good game. It was three overtimes, you know, <laughs> but you know how we had better weather. I think we would have been able to do more, you know, put up more points and, you know, have more, you know, bigger plays and stuff like that. But, you know, a win to win. And I was just glad that we didn't lose. And if I remember, I'm pretty sure Trayvon was hurt that game, wasn't he? He had like a hurt ankle, but he still played. Yeah, yeah, sure. You're so right. He was hurt. Doxon didn't play. I don't even know if Liston be played. But, yeah, it, it was, that, was, that was a crazy game. That game took forever. It took forever. Mm-hmm. It so cold. So, 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 so cold. Was there a lot of trash talking going on that game? Um, Not much, man. Because, like, what, what you learn about athletes when it comes to, like, yeah, it's a big rivalry. And, you know, we don't like each other when it comes to, you know, just who you're a part of. But a lot of the players, man, we respect the hell out of each other, you know. Um. You know, like the Xavier, the Xavier um, Howards, the Shock Limwoods, Bryce Petty, um, KD Cannon, um, you know, all of these boys. Like, I, I, I've been teammates with a lot of them. Like, um, a lot of them, bro, is teammates in the league. Like, KD and I forget the lineman, but he got drafted in the third round to the, the Bengals. Like, bro, all of them, like Jay Lee, the receiver. Uh, you 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 know you you're playing against each other all these years, and then when you know when you actually talk to these people, it's just like man, they just like us. A lot of them are from DFW, so it's just like, bro, how did you go to Baylor and you didn't go to TCU? <laughs> but yeah. That's neither here nor there, man. But yeah, man, everybody's cool. It, it's all love outside of outside of the sport. I, I got one more question with the, for you, and then I'll give it. Let Jackson get one, but kind of an, what do you think? This upcoming year, I know we got a few months to, you know, before we start thinking about football again. But what, what, give me your prediction in the Big Twelve this next year. You think there's going to be OU again, or you think maybe Texas, TCU, maybe Baylor gets back? Baylor's not ready. Um, yeah, well, Baylor had a pretty good year last year. They went. They went to a New Year's Six, right? Did they? No, that was the year before, I think. That was the year before. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Baylor's ready to make that jump. Um, You never really know with TCU, man. We got to get more consistent um, quarterback play, and we got to get a a running back that's going to get it, man. And I know we got a a stable of nice young running backs, but somebody got to separate themselves. Somebody has to do it. You know, there, there's a reason why 
people go by committee. And a lot of times it's, you know, just because you just got a talented group and you got to play everybody. But when you have a guy that can go get you 1,200 yards in a, in a year or 1,300 yards, you know, usually the cream is always going to rise uh, to the top. Um, but so, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what TCU has. We lost a lot with um, Aldarius and, um, and Trey um, at, at the safety position. But, you know, they'll compete. They're, you know, the, Coach Patterson will always compete. But when it comes to just winning it, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Um, them boys up there in Norman, they just built different. Like, that program is different. It's, it's, they, I don't know what they do up there, but what they do is a lot better than what anybody else in the Big 12 does. Um, just put it that way. OU and then Iowa State, man, they're coming. Mm-hmm. They're coming, man. And they – are a really good program, and they're starting to remind me a lot of TCU because they're not getting no big recruits. Mm-hmm. They're not getting no big recruits. They're not getting the five stars, the you know, the all heavens ranks, and you know, they're getting three star recruits, and they're um, they're um, producing them to become NFL prospects. Like I think they had one of the best running backs in the country last year. Yeah. So, Bruce Hall, yeah, Bruce Hall. You know, who who, who would ever thought, you know? And them boys, they playing, man. They're playing together, and that culture is starting to grow. Mm-hmm. And once, once you get used to winning, just like anything, like, uh, you know, it, it becomes contagious. When you win, when you win so much for so long, you get used to winning. Just like when you get loose to, when you lose for a long period of time, you get loose to losing, taking losses. So, you know, it just depends on what side of the spectrum you're going to be on, you know, but your team can decide that. So, but Iowa State looks good, man. So, I, I, I'm, on, I'm honestly going to go with Iowa State or OU, but I, I never count out the frogs, man. Hopefully, we, we turned around. And, Aaron, my final question for you is kind of going back to 2014 in that West Virginia game. How, how was it like to see Jay and Overcrone kick that field goal there? keep the magic alive in that game and going on in the rest of that season? Man. Bro, we, we owe Jaden so much. And it's crazy because that class that – I mean, I am what I'm saying. Like, that's the class that we came into. Like, that class was so special, bro. Like, he was – I mean, he's, he's the leading, leading scorer in TCU history. But Jaden – Jaden was that dude from the moment that he stepped on campus. He was he was a starting kicker from you know from the moment he stepped on campus. But he kicked that field going a number of others, man. But it was just a relief, you know. We had to scratch and claw back from that game. It was cold. I wanted to go home. It was wet, you know. And you know, like I said, we scratched and we clawed our way back. And you know, once we got it in the in field goal range, man, Jaden, he's not missing. Like he's incredible. I'm actually kind of mad that he didn't pursue the NFL. Like, let's get this straight. He didn't pursue the NFL because he didn't want to, not because he wasn't good enough. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, um, but you know, he's doing his thing. He's at peace with his life, and that's all that matters. But Jaden is the truth, bro. The truth. But yeah, to see that field goal go in is, you know, it is what you live for. Got to rush the field. It's, you know. All, all aspects of the games, man, offense, defense, and special teams, it's, it's the trinity, man. They're, they're just as important. 
Yeah. Kind of, you kind of touched on that. Was West Virginia the hardest game mentally that year? Um, going out there. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to say yes, because that came right after a loss. Mm-hmm. We played them right after Baylor. And they were a really good team. Mm-hmm. And coming off a loss after when you're, I don't even know what we were. I don't know if we were 9-0, 8-0, whatever. But coming off a, of a loss, like, no, you know what? We played Oklahoma State and we smacked Oklahoma State. And then we went and go play uh, West Virginia. Um, but it was a hard one, man. It was college game day. Mm-hmm. So it was lit. They were out there burning couches. Um, they had like fires burning on the mountains. Like, it, was, it was crazy. Wow. It was crazy. It was, it was definitely a country, country feel. Um, and that's one of the only stadiums I wanted. Well, no, not one of the only stadiums, but all, everybody, everybody was drunk out there. Really? Um, it was loud. Uh, it was cold. I can't get. I can't. You can't stress that enough. How cold it is because I didn't get in until the the play before halftime. I wasn't playing at this point, yeah. so I'm over here freezing. And then coach decides to throw me in and gives me a carry, like I'm gonna do something with the carry, right? So I get tackled, and <laughs> the turf is soaking wet, bro. And I'm dry before that because I haven't got in the game. So I'm like, bro, what the. F- like I'm freezing, <laughs> like really, really freezing now. Like I was, yeah. I was better off not playing, but I got in the game in the second half and got like ten carries and did well. But yeah, that that game was rough, man. That that game was super rough. You kind of talked about the crowd and you know everybody being drunk. I'm sure Lubbock was so fun oh, after Lubbock. that catch. Yeah, Lubbock. They throw the tortillas up there. Oh yeah. Hey, I thought that was a myth. Yeah. I, thought, I thought that was a myth. Coach Pete told us, hey, man, when you go out there, you know, they're going to be throwing tortillas. I'm like, huh? They're going to be throwing tortillas? Like, yeah, you know, that's their tradition. And, you know, lo and behold, when you go out there, you're going to see a, a load of tortillas with a hole in the middle of them so they can travel farther or they can, you know, frisbee them farther. Man, I saw a tortilla laying on the 50-yard line. Like, that's how far these, these, kids, these people are flinging these tortillas. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's a, it's a cool little tradition. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about your college career. What was it like going from the Big 12 and honestly Texas and, you know, going to the Rams and being out in Cali and doing the NFL thing? What was what was it like being in the NFL? Uh, man, <laughs> that's, you know, it, it was cool, man. It was it was an incredible experience, you know, to – to get up there and to play against the best players in the world, bro. Play against some of the best players who ever lived as a human being. Like, you know, I'm lining up against Aaron Donald every day. Can you imagine that? <laughs> what the f- like, you know what I'm saying? There's a guy who I've seen, I've seen this guy rip somebody's face mask off of their helmet with his bare hand in a fight. <laughs> And this is with within like the my first couple of days of being there. God. So imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. A rookie, yeah. you know, but bro, it, it's just a crazy experience, man. Like just that whole process, going undrafted, going out to LA out of all places. Um, you know, going to minicamp. Um, you know, playing against 
you know, the Cowboys or, you know, whoever you're playing against, it's just weird going against a team and you're actually seeing an NFL logo on the side of the helmet. It's just like, oh, shoot, like, you know, this is a, a real team, you know. Uh, but it, it's just a different feel, man, like with the freedom that you have, um, just how serious ball is. Um, it's no more scholarship. You know, you have a bad week, you're likely to be gone in that week. You know, I've seen so many times where, um, you know, I walk into the locker, the locker room, and my locker mate's locker is clear, cleared out. You know, it, it's it's different. It's different, and then you know, every Tuesday they're tra- they're they're working out people potentially to sign somebody. That's nerve wracking because mm-hmm. they're signing. If they sign somebody, that means somebody got to get let go. You know what I mean? So just involving that aspect of the game, the business side of the game, bro, it's a whole nother beast. It ain't just, oh, I'm playing with me and my brothers. Your brother might not be here tomorrow or you might not be here tomorrow if you drop this pass, you know? So it's it's, it's much more um, nerve wracking. Uh, A lot more is at stake. And of course, you're making good money, so you know mm-hmm. the money. The money's good, you know. Um, and just being a part of, um, I should say, a sport where business comes for come first, mm-hmm. and you see it a little bit in college because college is a business. Believe it or not, you mm-hmm. know, it's just the players don't get paid. But that, you know, that's a conversation mm-hmm. for another day. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, it's. To see that aspect of it is it, it, different. To see, oh, this player is playing like, shit, but he has to play because he's getting paid this much amount. Or, mm. you know, seeing a player get, I okay, I we had I had a teammate who was on franchise tag who was getting seventeen million that year. So that's a million every week. Every game that he played, he got a million. I saw him miss a practice and got fined a game check. So he got fined a million dollars because he missed practice. And so to see things like that, it's just like, bro, this is wild. This is wild to see people pulling up, pulling up, you know, especially when you first get there, right? You don't have I had maybe one pair of jeans, a couple shirts, couple, you know, a couple shoes, you know, nothing, and then you see your teammates pulling up in – I saw, okay, one of my teammates pulled up in a gold Bentley. That is Bentley, just all golded out, gold rims, gold, you know, um, grill, gold, gold, all that stuff, you know. And, you know, I would never do that to a car because, I, you know, I know cars depreciate, you know what I'm saying? But just to see that people have enough money to just kind of piss off like that. It's just like, Whoa, like this is, this is not a business for play play. You know, it's real money being thrown around out here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just to be involved in that and just see how hard people go every day to know that, um, you know, they're not just playing for their teammates, but you know, people got whole families at home, you know, and that, that just kind of changes the whole aspect of the experience. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. How was it? I know you you mentioned Malcolm Brown being one of your best friends. 
how is that? Because he was on the Rams. How is that? You know, being in the NFL with one of your best friends, and you know, y'all y'all are living the dream that I'm sure y'all talked about as kids, bro. Incredible, <laughs> incredible, bro. It's, it's just where, where, where are you from again? I'm from Houston. Okay, so imagine you and one of your childhood boys from the H, and y'all just happen to be on the same NF, NBA team, NFL team. What do you think y'all going to do? Yeah, gonna, I can't imagine. Fill it up, right? Yeah. Like y'all going to go hard on the court or on the field, and then after y'all going to tear it up because, bro, like that's family, you know, because mm-hmm. our, 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 our parents are, clo- you know, are close. You know, like mm-hmm. we, we done traveled together, our family. Like, bro, you know, it's – this is real, you know what I'm saying? So it shit is it was incredible, bro. It's just to be there with somebody that that you trust, that is looking out for you. That's you know, you know, don't go here, you know, on this play, this is what you need to look for. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You don't get that everywhere, you know, and just that experience. I mean, after practice, we're going down to Malibu, we're hitting the beach, we're bringing our crown, crown royal, got our speaker. <laughs> We lit, bro. I know what I'm saying. So it, it, it's just it's, we go into the club, or you know, we just those experiences that you can have with a childhood friend while you making money. Yeah. Are you playing ball? Come on, man. Like yeah. that's that's an experience of a lifetime. And so, bro, it, it, it was just so fun, man. And then of course we got a chance to go to London and play the Giants out there, man. And that was a bowl game in itself because we went out there for seven days. Mm-hmm. We're out there for seven days before the game, and you know it, it, it is it's just incredible, man, to be out there with Malk, and then you know you meet other boys like TG, Ty Gurley, Benny, yeah. like my boys, bro. Still talk to them to this day, my brothers, bro, and like just to be out there with such a great group of guys, you know, it, it, it was incredible. The Ram, the Rams, it, it, it was it was an incredible two years, year and a half. Tell us a little bit about more about that London game because I've heard, you know, I watched the Pat McAfee show and all that. And a lot of players don't like it because of the time change in the flight. What was your experience with that? Yeah, man, it ain't – it's different. It's different. But luckily, we, we, we played we played the Detroit Lions. And then um, – That's a dub. Um, no, actually, we lost. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we were terrible, bro. We, were, we went 4-12 and 12 that year. Um we lost, but we flew to London straight from Detroit. And so that kind of helped. So we kind of flew at night mm-hmm. and everybody had their own role. So everybody, there was nobody in your role. So you could just lay out, you know, do whatever you had to do. You had your movies there. Um, um, but yeah, man. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't too, too bad. Pretty much when you woke up in the morning, you were there because it was an eight-hour flight, and you fly after a football game, you're probably going to sleep maybe five of those hours on the plane. You're not going to get that good of a sleep, but pretty much when you woke up, you were there. So it wasn't too, too bad. Um, but that experience of being there, incredible. I wish I could show y'all where we were staying at. Uh, it looked like Queen Elizabeth should be staying in there is where we were staying at. Like when I say castle – it was a castle because I mean all of their architecture out there is brick, so everything looks like a castle in general. But we stayed at a real castle, like a real, real, real castle. It was a castle resort, and so they had underground spas and 
you know, it was almost like a college campus, bro. Like if you go here, you could have this, or if you wanted this, you just had to go there. Like it was, it was insane, you know? And then, you know, you practice in the morning. So you had time to do anything you wanted to do. So, you know, we go into Paris, get on the train, going to Paris, um, going down downtown London. We're going to um, Big Ben to see the clock. Man, we, we went to all the museums because, you know, London is huge when it comes to art and England. And, you know, you got your, you know, you know, all, all those famous people that came out of that 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 region of the world that, you know, were painting, and, um, you know, Michelangelo and. Uh, you know, all these people, Vincent van Gogh, all these people that have done great things when it comes to art, bro, it's all in these in these um, museums. So we spend so much time and I'm a I'm a I'm a I don't even know what you would call it, but I guess like a a, a learning nut, whatever. Like I'm always history buff history. Um, I love history. I love to learn. I love to just do anything informational. So just being out there, bro incredible but it got to a point to where because you know if you go to another country their 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 regulations when it comes to nutrition and food is different than what we do in america so if you eat say a burger over there it's gonna taste a lot a lot different than it does over here mainly because it's probably real meat but mm-hmm. you know that, <laughs> that's another conversation for another time but you know, it got to a point after like day four where everybody lost their appetite, where you just couldn't really eat anymore. And it, not, it wasn't because the food was nasty. It was just because the food was different. Mm-hmm. Like you ate like eight bites of something. It was just like, damn, I'm not full, but I just can't really eat, you know? And everybody was like that. And I came back and I lost like eight pounds just from being there. <laughs> yeah. What was it like, you know, kind of going from Texas to LA and London, what, how is it, you know, how was it going from Texas? LA, LA, LA is a, is a, is a different animal. And I've been to LA so many different times, but when you're going to live there, it's just different, man. Uh, Just the people, um, the people, the the cost of living, uh, the gas, the cost to drive, it makes you want to get a damn bike out there. Um, <laughs> the bike, I mean, I mean, the like the cost of living, the gas, and just the whole culture, bro. It's just so fast. Like you know how Houston is a lot faster than San Antonio. Right. You know, Houston is a lot, and Austin is. I don't, Austin might be faster than everywhere, you know, and um, or everywhere in the state of Texas, but it's just like that plus a million, probably, you know, probably a little less than New York, but it's fast, bro. It's always something happening, always something going on. Always, 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 always traffic. Oh my God. Like so much traffic just to get to the stadium. We played in the Coliseum, bro. It would take an hour without traffic to get there. Cause we was in, in, um, Thousand Oaks. We're in Thousand Oaks. So it took an hour to get to downtown LA without traffic, but with traffic, it might take two and a half hours, bro. Like mm-hmm. the traffic was just horrible. Um, you know, you're gonna see a lot of celebrities, of course, everywhere you go. Not everywhere you go, but you know, if it's a premiere that you got invited to, you're gonna see, you know, all your rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you go to the clubs, you're going to see all your rappers, you're going to see, you know, actors, um, you know, people shooting movies. Um, it's just a different feel, man. It's just everybody out there is trying to get money, you know, and everybody's trying to be famous. And we know, you know, L.A. is uh, media, I don't want to say media capital of the world, but um, movie capital of the world. So, you know, everybody... Um, you know, got their fake parts done. I don't want to, you know, take this to, to a different conversation, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it is what it is. That's just the culture of, of LA, you know, yeah. and it, it's totally different from what you will see here in San Antonio, Texas. Right. I think everybody out there is superficial too. Yeah. I would say, you know, everybody's more so worried about how can I get, get over on somebody to get, you know, to get on, right. to get on, you know, and I, I'm just not raised like that. Right. So, you know, it's totally different, but it, it is an incredible experience, man, to say the least. You know, the beaches is what I love the most. Um, food was good. Um, you know, everything was good, man. It was just too damn expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a Texas boy at some point, man, I, I need to be around some land, man. I, I, need mm-hmm. to, I need to be in some space, man. I got the house out here in the country, and I – I don't want to be nowhere near the city. So <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. that. So, you can kind uh, of imagine what LA is like, you know. Right. What you know, you mentioned rappers and celebrities. Do you have any funny stories like running into someone where you're like, oh, that's him or dang, Bro, that's what really the heck, well, what the hell okay. We okay, so speaking of Malk, me, Malk, and Benny, kind of him. We we went to We went somewhere to get pizza. It was a, it's a nice spot in Hollywood that people usually go get pizza before they go out to the clubs. And so we went, bro, tell me why we walk in there and Marshawn Lynch is <laughs> the most random shit I've ever seen. He's literally sitting at the bar by himself waiting on a to-go uh, order of pizza, just by himself. Nobody just by himself and he got the pizza and just literally just walked out to a suburban that was just parked on the sidewalk and just drove away. And we like, you know, that Marshawn, like, yeah, that's Marshawn. Like, and it was just weird, bro. It's just like, bro, he's here by himself. He don't, don't have a friend with him. He don't have anything, but it was just him chilling, you know, or another time me, me and TG, we went out to eat. We was getting ready to go to, um, a club or something like that. But literally the next seat over or the next booth over was Megan Good and her husband, who's another celebrity. I, I honestly don't even know who his name is, but also the girl from Cheetah Girls. I don't even know her name. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. My wife, my wife would know her name, but hey, I don't know. I ain't watched the Cheetah Girls, but yeah. <laughs> I know you're she, talking about. She was there. And, you know, and then before we get ready to walk out, Austin Rivers walks in with his party. So, you know, just seeing stuff like that is, is cr- oh, you know what? I kick, I, I'm still mad at to this day. So my boy TG, you know, he's um, Rock Nation. That's his, that's his, um, agency he he signed with rock nation with jay-z 
Bro, we were getting ready. He was getting ready to take me to a studio session with Jay-Z, bro. Dang. I, he was getting ready to take me to the studio just to chill and just watch them record, bro. But something came up and we weren't able to go. But that was getting ready to be a live-ass experience. Yeah. Live, 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 live. But it wasn't able to go, so that's not something I can count. But, <laughs> you know, hey, it almost happened. It almost <laughs> happened. That's Oh, you know what? You know what else is crazy? I, I, I got to say this because this is my boy, and this is probably my favorite athlete to ever walk this earth, right? So we're playing the Seahawks. And, you know, you, I see, you know, we, we talking shit. I see Joey on the other side, Joey mm -hmm. Hunt. You know, you got Boykin on the other side. So, you know, we, we, we talking and stuff. And I'm on the sideline, and I just see somebody looking towards me but looking past me. And their eyes just get big. They're like, oh, shit. thought they, they saw Jesus or Muhammad walking behind me. And I'm like, oh, what, what happened? Bro, I turn around. Tell me why LeBron James is behind me, bro. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freaking LeBron James. And this is, I should have put two and two together. This is how, I, this because this is before he came to L.A. Mm -hmm. This is how I knew he, he was coming to L.A. in free agency because he came to our game. And he was just there, just chilling. Bronny was next to him. Bronny was like this tall, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, Bryce was with him too. He had Bronny and Bryce. They were walking next to him and they had like 30 people behind him, just walking, walking. And I was just like, wow, like I'm right next to LeBron James. Yeah. Like, that, that was, that was a crazy, that was a crazy thing. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I'll uh, ask you one more question, then I'll hand it over to Carter to, I guess, wrap it up. But, you know, speaking of Todd Gurley, you know, what, just how much of a competitor is he? You know, he runs so, you know, strong with the ball. You know, is he one of the more most competitive people you've been around? And, you know, kind of what's his mindset? Todd, Todd, Todd is a grinder, bro. Mm -hmm. I love TG. I absolutely love Todd, man. <laughs> And it's funny because, you know, Todd is so damn young. I come into the league as a rookie. He's on year three, and he's two years younger than me. Like, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so he's so young, but he, he, he works so hard, and he's so damn big, bro. Like, I've never seen a running back that big and be that fast. He was top two fastest players on the team. You know what I'm saying? At 6'1", 230, he wasn't able to run his 40 because he had tore his ACL his junior year um, against Auburn. But, bro, I, I'm guaranteed to bet had he run it, he would go 4'3", at that size. He's a horse, bro. He is a horse. I, I, I played with Tavon. Tavon was my locker mate, my teammate. And I would take TG over, 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 over Tavon Austin. So, Dang. it's – Bro, just to see it up close, just to see his work ethic, like he's the real deal, man. You know, I I, I love TG. So to just to be able to play with him and just to see him and just to see how goofy he is, he's just one big ass kid, man. <laughs> one big big kid, man. And he he he's great, man. Hopefully he you know he get things going again. I, I don't know where he's going to end up this year, but you know I want my dog to kill it, man. I love I love this game. Always love this game. Um. He's awesome, man. Awesome back. Awesome person. Funny, 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 funny. He will have everybody in this in this chat. 
just crying laughing every day, <laughs> every day. Well, we'd love to have both of y'all on the show at the same time. That'd be great. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but so to wrap it up, I'm going to ask you two more questions. Uh, what is your favorite Coach P story? One where you just like laughed or like is the crazy, like nobody would expect. And two, what's your favorite football memory ever? So like peewee football all the way to NFL. Um, I just think it's it's always hilarious <laughs> when Coach P is mad and he starts to he starts to run towards you, and you know Coach P is not the tallest guy, <laughs> and, you know he runs towards somebody and he's really angry. You know he kind of like waddles while he's running, so he kind of like looks like a little penguin as he's running towards you. <laughs> He's screaming, his face is all red, and it's just like, bro, how can you not smile while he's doing this? So literally every time he does that, which is damn near every day, <laughs> Coach P, it's just funny, man. You you just can't help it, man. And of course, you know, when he turns my way, you know, you know, but, you know, it's just funny when he gets to that point. But Coach P, man, he has so many funny moments. It's hard for you to to just pinpoint one of them, but he's really a funny guy, man. Like, if you really talk to him, if you really just talk to him outside of football, he, he he's really a funny guy, man. A good guy. He means well. Um, but he definitely, definitely brought so much laughter, um, you know, since I've been there. Um, and then to answer your second question, my best football memory. Ooh, and I, I have so many, but just to say one, I'm going to definitely have to say um, woo, you know what? I'm going to just have to just say the Peach Bowl, man. Mm-hmm. The Peach Bowl was such 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 an incredible experience. Um, you know, just that whole month, like I just told you, that whole month going into practicing, all all you hear is they got the number one defense in the country, number one rated defense. They beat Alabama. Alabama's playing in the in the playoffs, and you know, Ole Miss. You know, it, it just we hear all of this. You know, the Big Twelve. They you know, they play kind of a, a cute style of, of football. You know, we're in the gun and, you know, we're slinging it here, slinging it there. And, bro, we heard that for a whole month. And, you know, they got Robert Kandichi and, you know, they had an All-American safety. I, I can't remember his name. They had two All-American safety. They had Trey Elston. They had a corner that got drafted. They, bro, their, their team was stacked. And I just remember – um, you know, going through that whole week of practice and then going into the game. And they had a whole little walk. We had to walk through the Georgia Dome to get into the locker room. And I'm talking about it's fans is it's just everywhere on each side of us. And they had like a little lane for us to walk. Literally, when I tell you, it was red everywhere. Because we're an SEC country. So everybody, everybody was an Ole Miss fan. Mm-hmm. And I just remember going in. Um, you know, getting changed, this and this. And, and never did I think that we were going to lose because I've always hated the SEC. Always, always, always. And I I just knew that we were going to win, bro. And I remember coming out in the tunnel. We're in the tunnel, right? And it's dead quiet. You can hear a pin drop. You hear, 
I remember it like it's yesterday. Steve Harvey was on the Jumbotron and he was doing the little hotty toddy, you know, little thing and the crowd was going crazy. Ah, Steve Harvey, whatever. But it's quiet, right? And we're just sitting there for um for our turn to because uh, we were running out first because we're the we're the away, the away team. And I remember it was just quiet. And then you hear a voice. Um, and it, it was it came from Deontay Gray. And this is somebody who does not say he doesn't say much when it comes to football. And this is one of my best friends. So he do, he's not a mess talker. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's, he's one of those guys, I'm just going to come out and I'm going to put up numbers. I'm the fastest dude out here. I'm going to put up numbers. That's just who he was. But it was quiet. And they were doing all that hotty toddy stuff. And I just remember D-Gray was just like, he said, man, we about to whoop their ass. And everybody turned around. Everybody was like, did that just come from Gray? And he was just like, we finna whoop they ass. And he said it again. And he was just just focused. He was just like, man, we finna whoop they ass. And everybody was like, we finna whoop they fing ass, boy. So when Gray said that, it was just like a it was weird, bro. It was just like it just snapped. Everybody was like, yeah, it, it, it's on. It's on. And then when we ran out that tunnel right after, it just, you know, it was over. Hackett inter, inter, interception on the first drive, and then we scored on the, well, on the third play. Third pass. It, it was over. It was over, man. So that game, D. Gray's little phrase, definitely was my most lucrative uh, moment when it came to accomplishing a goal with the team. In, in the sport of football, no doubt. Yeah. Well, Aaron, it's been a great – oh, well, before I let you go, y'all beat Bama that year? Would we have beat Bama? Yeah, <laughs> we, we would have beat Bama. So y'all would have won the national championship? I think so. The top four was Oregon. Florida State. Florida State Ohio State and Bama. Bama. We would have won it, bro. We would have won it. We I agree. Won it. Uh, we we really would have won it, and that's what hurts the most is because we we know that you know we know what nobody gonna run on us. None of those teams were really passing teams like that. We had it, we had it, man. But you know it is what it is. Uh, Ohio State was an incredible team. They had three quarterbacks that played in the league. I mean, you know, you got Zeke and you know the receivers that they had. So you know they deserve it. That's not to say that they didn't deserve it. You know, but. You know, it just sucks. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yeah, we really, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Man, big facts, man. I appreciate y'all, appreciate y'all for having me on y'all's platform, man. Uh means a lot. Like I said, man, I love doing podcasts. I love talking. I love getting content out there, man. So thank you for finding me soup to be on here, man. And, you know, it's all love this way. Absolutely. And we'd love to keep in touch with you. Talk sports. If, if you're in the Austin area, if you're ever around Belton, Texas, we're in Belton, yeah. Texas, we'd love to meet up or just uh, talk yeah. sports. Let's do it. Let's do it. We, we, can do it. we can do it. Just head up to the north side when you're feeling down. Because Fort Worth, Texas is my kind of town.